This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hey everyone, uh, Paul Cochran here. Making finances easier. Uh, we're with Providence Advisors Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Hey, good morning, Paul. And uh, we are a multidisciplinary financial advising firm here in Knoxville. Our office is at Pellissippi and North Shore. We are really, uh, some of you will remember there used to be a Ruby Tuesday there across the street from uh, what used to be uh, SunTrust, now it's Truist, and now that Ruby Tuesday is called Corner 16. So if you go past that, up on that frontage road by, um, just past the bank and up that frontage road where the next red brick building on the right after that restaurant it's called it's a building called falling waters and we're in that first floor suite 175 or, or recently in the news the kroger that had the giant sinkhole in the driveway so if anybody's out here and had to go the other way around the kroger's lot we've had to avoid that coming into work uh for a couple of weeks i saw they were about to get that fixed yikes no, I didn't. Actually, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I guess you were gone last week. Yeah, yeah. there was a, a giant sinkhole uh, oh, or water main busted in front of Kroger's. Oh, and uh, I think they said it was 16 feet deep. Oh. And uh, it was quite the mess. So you, you, that was a good week uh, uh, to miss that, Paul. Wow. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. First, let's start with uh, trivia, as is my want. Okay. So we're in, the, we're in August, the heat of summer. Um, Favorite water recreational activity? Uh, that makes me think about where I grew up in Middle Tennessee. It was about 35 minutes north of Nashville, right on the Tennessee-Kentucky border. Cedar uh, Hill, right? Cedar Hill, Tennessee. Uh, they uh, sometimes call it the Cumberland Plateau. But uh, it's a lot flatter in Middle Tennessee than here. And uh, we didn't have mountains. And the only thing around us where I grew up were cow ponds. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I say all that in that uh, just this summer, we've had some friends move in our neighborhood and they're members of that boat club down at, uh, where is it? Chodo, Chodo Marina. Yeah, so and tell, tell uh, just in general terms, our listeners, how that works. Uh, well, I don't know all the details. I'm not even sure what the cost is. These are friends that do it and they've just invited us. But I think the idea is that there's probably like a down payment cost involved, kind of an initiation fee to join. And then uh, once you've paid the initiation fee, there's a monthly fee as well. But uh, you get to have all the all the fun parts of boat ownership without all the, the unfun parts. And I've never owned a boat, so I don't know what those are. But people yeah. tell me, uh, you know, that one of the not fun parts is when you get done being on the lake all day and having your family fun when you pull back into the dock. Well, now the real work has begun where yeah. you got to start 
you know, cleaning up the seats, getting all the water out. I've never done that. When you're tired and sunburnt. And the, and the boat club <laughs> uh, is kind of like a VIP experience where you roll up to the dock at Chodo and they have the boat all ready for you. There's different ones. We, we've gone on a pontoon boat. I think we went on, uh, I don't know my boats. It was a Cobalt uh, yeah. this last week. And I think a, we've done it three times. The other one was a Sea Ray. Uh, but they've got all different variety of boats, and uh, you just bring your stuff. There's a couple really nice people down there. They bring your boat around to the dock. You step onto the boat, and you go enjoy the boat for, uh, I guess, we were probably out there four or five hours one night and pulled the kids behind uh, on a little water tube. And then when you get done, the big difference is you pull the boat right back up, and uh, they say, how was your evening? You say, great, and good night. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's really no cleanup part to it. And I'm sure, you know, there's a cost to all that stuff. But uh, there is a real time savings, too. And so uh, anyway, I say all that. Uh, we've This summer really was kind of my first experience with just boating life, having friends that had this. And uh, we've got little kids, and they've just really enjoyed uh, seeing their eyes light up when they go out and enjoy lake life. And uh, getting pulled on the tube and that type of thing. Pulled on the tube. And, uh, you know, it's been fun, but it's also been super hot this summer, too. And so I love it, or our family loves it. Uh, but we were joking the other night, my, my kids would rather jump in a lake right now, uh, you know, seven days a week, twice on Sunday. And, uh, I just, I kind of like swimming in the, the swimming pool at Fort Sanders. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so I, I enjoy lap swimming. Uh, you know, I jumped in the lake too. That was, that was fun. But if you really pin me down, I'd probably rather do some laps at Fort Sanders in the, uh, in the chlorinated temperature controlled pool, uh, <laughs> Than, I hear you. Than that. What about you, Paul? Well, you know, I grew up in Oak Ridge, and, and uh, I lived at the pool. And when I was in high school, of course, I lifeguarded at the indoor and outdoor pool. But uh, when I was uh, my grandkids' age, boy, I would get dropped off at that pool right after lunch. I think it opened at 1, and we would just stay there till 5. <laughs> you know, we just spent the whole day swimming. So I just grew up in the water and loved it and that was kind of my jam in the summer. Uh, last week, when it was so blistering hot um, here, Sandy and I were in Scotland, and you know it never reached 70 degrees. And so they're not doing a lot of outdoor swimming, you know, yeah. in, in Scotland. And um, But, yeah, here, if, if I'm going to do water recreation, um, I and I'm going to be in a lake. I guess uh, Norris might be my favorite one to you know to swim in, but um, but I'm I'm kind of with you. Uh, for me, a not a really clean, well kept pool that you know that's temperature controlled where I can swim laps. I I really enjoy. Was that. the Oak Ridge pool? I think you told me before it was like spring fed or something. Yes. Uh, was that temperature controlled? No, or no, no. There were times, particularly in the beginning of the year, when it was just cold 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 because it was spring fed and it wasn't heated and so but during the hot summer days i guess it, it warmed up it, it, well it, it warmed up some uh but uh everywhere where the where the feeding was coming it would, it would you know it was chilly yes yeah, so you kind of swim to the middle if you cold, yeah. swim away from <laughs> yeah yeah okay so on to financial stuff here so you know our listeners um you know when we talk about finances and making finances easier, um, 
we often refer to investment decisions are never made in a vacuum. You know, it's never a, just an academic exercise. One of the variables is the current environment. So let's let's just take an example. Let's say you're a conservative investor. What is different? How would you your investment strategy differ in 2023 versus 2022? Yeah, I would say um, at risk of going on a tangent here, uh, it, it kind of makes me think of two things. One, when you say current environmental landscape, when when you say conservative, even that has kind of a loaded meaning, it does, uh, it? meaning uh, that people would identify with conservative values. And so a conservative investor uh, might, they might say I'm conservative and actually mean that there are certain companies, there are certain places uh, that I do not want to invest my money uh, or that I really value uh the way they're running their company. And so I want to invest more of my money (laughs) in that company. And so uh, I think if we just think a conservative investor, somebody doesn't want to take a lot of risk in this political environment that we're in, if somebody comes into our office and says, I'm a conservative investor, we really need to stop and ask the question, what do you mean (laughs) by being a conservative (laughs) investor? Because they may be coming from uh, a political perspective uh, in East Tennessee rather than a, risk-adjusted professor. So uh, I think probably the question you're asking, though, is 2023-2022, if I'm a conservative investor, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I, I've i worked a lot, I've saved a lot, I don't really need more money, I just kind of want to be a responsible, <laughs> low-risk investor of my money so that I, I won't... Uh, lose a lot. And that's actually okay. You know, we have some clients that come in and they've got more money than they'll ever spend. You know, the kind of catchphrase, they've already won the game. Uh, their expenses are so much lower than what they say. Why, why take unnecessary risk? There's that argument is why take risk that you don't have to. And so, uh, yeah, I think sometimes it can be easy to think, well, you know, you've got to maximize your, your you, you want to maximize your tax planning, but maximize our investment so that we have the most money. And some people just aren't wired that way. They they would rather preserve that which they've already worked really hard for, and they don't want to take additional risk in the stock market. But if I'm that conservative investor, uh, I've just come out of a decade probably since 2010, 2009, where it's kind of been a really tough decade to see my portfolio grow in a time where, because I remember like 08, 09, I was in college and I remember I signed up for my first savings account through ING. And I think my older brother, who was a little bit older than me, said, you know, you need to open up an ING account. They're paying four and a half percent interest. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but I was like, sounds like a good deal. And you'd see a few extra dollars deposited. But for a conservative investor before that, you know, you could, you could actually have a 
a decent return on fixed income bond investments. But from 08, 09 onward to 2022. Interest rates uh, kept being lower. They, they just went lower and lower and lower and lower. And you didn't think they'd go any lower and they would go lower. And then COVID hit and it basically went from, you know, maybe maybe 0.75% on safe money. Actually, it got down to zero for a well, while. And, uh, and during the COVID part, mm-hmm. it, it just, it, the bottom dropped out and yeah. people were like, you're not going to get anything. Right. Uh, and so 2020 was like that for sure, 2021, 2022, and then they started raising interest rates through the Fed, and that half a percent jumped up to one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. is where we're at today. So 2022 in January, you weren't, as a conservative investor, it was kind of hard to feel very excited about any future returns you were going to get. Mm-hmm. 2023 is a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, I think you can do pretty well as a conservative investor actually right now if you don't want to take additional risk. And I think our our stable value portfolio, which is one of our least risky investment strategies, even after our advisory fee where we would help somebody with financial planning and any other decision they have going on in life tax planning, there's still going to be over four point something percent and taking almost no risk at all. And so for that conservative investor, 4%, 4 4.1, 4.2%, and I get financial advice and planning on top of that, that's a lot better than I I was five, six years ago uh, as a conservative investor. Yeah, and I appreciate your initial clarification between a conservative investor uh, from a political perspective that might say, listen, I am sick and tired of this, um, you know, diversity and equity um, whole angle from from BlackRock or State Street or whatever, and I don't want anything to do with that. Versus someone who says, "Listen, I just don't want to lose any money, or I want to lose a very little bit of money." And so, um, which again, not to get too much on a tangent here, but I remember we um, brought on a couple in in the fall, I think it was, and. Um, I, I walked him through, he'd never had an advisor before, and I walked him through kind of some of uh, the the strategy and what we were going to be, you know, trying to accomplish. And I can remember that um, the market had started to go down, and he was down like 2.8 or 3% or something like that. And he called, and he was concerned that his account was going down. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I had to communicate to him because he'd, he'd been with us maybe, you know, two or three months and it was just part of the educational process of letting him know that, that listen, if you're uncomfortable with a 3% swing, um, maybe you shouldn't be in the market uh, because that is, um, uh, that's just not going to be possible. If you're going to take any risk at all, you're going to swing, you know, 3%. That that would be uh, you know very probable, um, but what you're saying is so true is that now even if you take again it depends on how you're calculating inflation, if if you use um, what's generally talked about in the news, uh, the inflation numbers that right now we're actually beating inflation in safe funds, and 
you know, because initially we could, yeah, yeah, we were making a little bit of money in safe funds, but we're still not keeping up with inflation. But now, uh, depending on how you calculate inflation, but we're, we've finally gone past the tipping point where we can, we're actually beating inflation by, you know, with some of these conservative accounts. So we've got at this at the bottom what we call stable value yeah. that is going to be, com- you know, again, completely liquid. And then uh, let, let's kind of go up the let's ratchet it up just a little bit so we can kind of uh, give our listeners kind of a feel. Another one would be uh, what we call our laddered. We have a laddered two year, laddered three year where we take these little bond indexes, keep the durations real short, you know, when they mature. And then we just kind of keep reinvesting that money. Because um, just as a little insert, I think we've probably even talked about this before. One of the. Uh, characteristics of a fixed income thing like a bond is that when interest rates go up, their prices go down. But when interest rates go down, the value of a bond goes up. And so uh, you're taking a little bit of additional risk from something like our stable value fund when we go up to a laddered income, even like a two-year note. But you have to remember kind of where we are at the Federal Reserve policy level where could interest rates continue to go up? I think the answer is sure. They've kind of said that they're going to back off. But I think most people, given a long enough time frame, would expect interest rates to come down a little bit. And so it gives bonds like a a two-year laddered income strategy an additional upside. You have fixed income coupons and dividends coming in from the bond, but you also have this ability for price appreciation or price depreciation. But I think most people out there would say it's kind of an extra little cherry on top that interest rates are so high that I probably could take a little bit more risk and I might have, I might have a little downside, but boy, if interest rates drop down to, you know, 4%, 4.5%, 5%, you can actually make some money with bonds as interest rates go down. Um, absolutely. And, you know, I skipped one uh, that would come between the stable value and the um, the latter, and that would be uh, what we call our fixed income total return. So it branches out a little bit wider, not just treasuries. There's uh, different kinds of bonds in there, uh, completely liquid. So the, these particularly uh, are attractive for people that have to have a certain amount of their assets in safe um, categories and they also want to keep it liquid they don't want to use an annuity or an insurance product or anything like that they want to keep it liquid but they want to get a fair return so we've got stable value we've got fixed income total return we've got the latter and then a little higher up we've got that uh, what was a little out of well all these bond instruments were out of favor in 2022 but in 2023 they're act you can actually make some money and so with what we call our etfa it's our endowment series in the endowment series in our little nomenclature here at providence we 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 have built some portfolios that are patterned after these large endowments at yale and harvard and these places where they're basically uh in it for the long haul, and they're using uh, an asset allocation strategy that touches on nearly every asset class from large companies, middle-sized companies, small companies, to some um, uh, REITs, to some 
international developed, international emerging, some precious metals, a little bit of everything. Yeah, and I'd say you just, you, as you keep going up the ladder, you kind of add. So we were talking bonds and fixed income. Now we're just starting to add a little bit of equity and stock exposure with mostly fixed income, but a little bit of equity exposure and, you know, commodity exposure to to gold and real estate. And so still primarily fixed income, but you're just starting to expose yourself to other asset classes. So like what we call our endowment or ETF A is we're using these little ETFs. And so the it might just have 20% in, in equity, 20% in stock. And then the other 80% is going to be in these uh, kind of fixed income, these bond positions. So it's a little bit more risk, but a little bit more return. And that's one of the things I'm really proud of our investment team is that when when they talk about uh, being rewarded for risk uh, over time, and I've seen this all the way back to 2008, is depending on how much risk you're taking, when they put out a standard deviation, you're going to be able to follow uh, the the more risk you take, the more return you're going to get. the The lower the risk, the the you know the the less or the the less downside you're going to have. So it, they've been very consistent over time. And I like that because I don't like surprises. You know, I, I want to have, I want to know what my up uh, upside potential is and what my downside, uh, you know, possibilities are. And so, so again, just to reiterate, tw- 2023 does have opportunities for making money with a conservative, what we call fixed income investment. So there, there are available. Um, but does that mean that we just, you know, don't use stocks at all? No, <laughs> uh, we've actually, I think we've even got a whole episode on maybe a partial episode on this. If you go to our website, but, uh, I was just thinking about adding a little asterisk in here that we talked about, uh, a good example. We had some clients that wanted to purchase a CD, uh, mm. over the past 12 months. Mm. And you know, the, the stock market, it was having a rough year. Mm. They liked the guarantees and, you know, we're, we're all for that when somebody says, uh, you I'm know, scared to death. I got yeah, I, I don't know what's life. coming. Yeah. I, I need to keep what I have. Uh, that was a good decision at the time. But while it felt good in the first couple months of like a 12 year CD note, what's happened since it's a is, three it's a three percent CD. Yeah. Right? Well, it, we had a couple in there, but uh, people even in that endowment A were up. Uh, you know, it's it's a little over four percent just from January through early June, I think was the last number that I saw. And so, uh, and an endowment A is still a pretty conservative portfolio for right now, yet they're outperforming a CD because they were willing to take a little bit of risk. And so, uh, everybody's going to feel a little different here, but I I still think stocks have their place, equities have their place for long-term savings. And I'm not trying to time the market as much by going, okay, conservative uh, you know, fixed income bonds are paying 4%. So I need to switch all there. And that's where it is for this. Uh, I think you can recognize that fixed income is, is attractive again, but still realize that long-term wealth built over inflation 
you're probably going to have to ride the roller coaster of yes, equities exactly. uh, a little bit. Uh, people usually don't get that above at, above inflation return by, you know, taking a really safe no risk path. And so stocks stocks for the long run, but money you need for income right now, especially retirees, it's uh, maybe you take a little bit risk off the table and you're still keeping your yield and dividends where they were. Okay, everyone, uh, 865-770-5031. If you'd like to dig into any of these things, give us a holler. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.